Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's head to Australia now. Let's catch up with the man of the moment, the man of the show. It's Mr. Ian Smith joins us. Smithy, how you doing? Good morning, Daniel. Uh, really good, actually, just uh, looking out at a beautiful Brisbane morning. So uh, there was speculation about some poor weather around, but it's, it's going to be absolutely fascinating for the first day of this day-night test match tonight between Australia and the West Indies. Can't wait. Yeah, don't get confused, ladies and gentlemen. Generally, when Australia play cricket at the Gabba in test matches, it's the first test of the season. The Gabbertoir, as it's been known over the years, but it's completely different about face. It's strange to me, Smithy, I'm sure, but uh, there's been lots of sort of nervous energy about the weather. Um, And generally, when you hear lines like, weather's the biggest opponent to uh, Australia, not a good reflection on the touring side. No, it's not. They're not a, a great West Indies side. They haven't been for quite some time. But, hey, look, uh, they're going through a very, very big transitional phase, and it's a really important one because you kind of feel if they don't make this cycle work in Test cricket, uh, then what the, does the future look like for the West Indies in this form of the game? And a lot of, play, a lot of players, a lot of people are saying it's perhaps uh, looking very suspect indeed. But uh, So we're just giving them a bit of time, um, and they've got one or two handy players that emerged in the first test at, at Adelaide, uh, but by and large, they just don't have the quality, I think, on a daily basis to even get close to Australia, unfortunately. Were there any shining lights with the bat in particular? Uh, were there any? Not really. I mean, they, they rely so heavily on the top order, and that's uh, Craig Brathwaite and... Uh, Chandapur, young Chandapur, who's only made his debut this time last year. Uh, they need them at the top of the order to give them some stability. They've got to get through to drinks, be none down for 30 or 40 at drinks, and then maybe they'll get a foundation for the likes of Mackenzie, who looked quite handy in both innings as a left-hander. Um, they've got Greaves, who, who looks like a good all-rounder. They need more out of their keeper, Josh De Silva, who's probably one of their more experienced players. And, of course, uh, the shining light was Shamar Joseph, who fronted up with a five-wicket bag on debut. And also, of course, he batted well in both innings. So he was the find. Uh, but the West Indies have not got a lot of depth in, that, in any of those areas, really. And Australia will know a lot more about Shamar Joseph now. Uh, so he'll have to step it up a, a notch as well. Uh, the problem for the West Indies is they're, they're up against day in, day out, I think, the best test side in the world at the moment. There are very few weaknesses in this Australian side, if any. Um, and, you know, they don't open many doors for you uh, to, to invite you into the game. So they, they just they just 
at the moment they're almost the perfect test side, particularly in Australian conditions. Shamar Joseph, what a lovely story, uh, including that test mm. that takes him up to a grand total of six first-class games, Smithy. Could you imagine playing test cricket after five first-class games? I couldn't, no, especially where you know he comes from as well. I mean, back in 1985, New Zealand toured uh, the West Indies in Guyana, and we did go to a place called Burr Beast where we got horribly smashed by the West Indies in a one-day international, but... It is, it is basically tropical rainforest. I mean, surrounding the ground, it was just jungle. Um, and we had to fly in on a small plane, etc. So those villages, um, you know, that, that uh, you hear about where these kids literally emerge from. I mean, there will be talent in those, those villages that never, ever does emerge. I mean, their lifestyle just doesn't warm to the, the ability for some guy like that to just come out and play cricket. It is a great story. Uh, he's such an engaging young guy. He's not a big guy. Um, but he's uh, full of heart, and he's just taken every opportunity so far. So Australian public have really warmed to him. They love him, absolutely love his wicket celebrations. Uh, they love the fact that he takes has taken Australia on in the first test, and he, he's just got a nice way about him. He's, he's good with the media. Um, you know, he, he talks willingly, and uh, they love that over here in Australia as well. Was it as simple as something like this? He decided looking around at his community, which I think only got the internet in 2018, Smithy, um, that I, mm. I, I don't want a life in forestry. Bugger this, I'm going to give cricket a go. He was a security guy too, wasn't he? He, he, he had yeah. a, a job with a security firm, um, and he just sacrificed it all. And jobs would be pretty hard to come by in that area. And he just, just said one day... I suppose you got some encouragement from other people as well, but you know, you've got some ability. You only get one crack at it, give it a go. And, you know, to emerge from where he has to the stage that he's at now, it's, it's, it is. It's a, it's a boys' own annual type story. I mean, it's, you can make a, a video out of it. It's just fantastic. But it, it, the fact of the matter is, you know, the West Indies need players like that. They need magical players. They need people to fall in love with their test game again, and they want themselves to fall in love with their test game again. So... Players want to be Shamar Joseph. They want to play cricket in the streets like they used to, not basketball. I mean, it, 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 that's, that's about where they're at. I do remember reading something during the week about him being... Um, his pin-up boys were Courtney Walsh and Kirtley Ambrose. And that in of itself sort of is... sort of a reason why West Indian cricket uh, might, you know, be at this, this um, you know, really important juncture, as you've articulated... Because there's no one of that ilk anymore. There, there, is no, there are no stars to look up to and to idolise, and that's a real problem. There are no stars, you're right. There's no absolute poster boys. I mean, Kimar Roach is the most experienced player in the side. He's probably the best-known player in the side, but he raced in with a new ball at 127 kilometres per hour. I mean, that's not going to scare anybody. Uh, and and he, was, you know, he was supposed to be their man. Um, they've got... You know, one or two other quickish bowlers, but they don't have any grey. Uh, they don't have any Walshers. They don't have any Ambrose. They don't have any anti Grays. And the days of Marshall and Garner and that are long, long gone. Um, so you know, if they could produce one bowler of that ilk these days, they'd be absolutely, absolutely thrilled. And let alone a whole quartet of them. So um, look, he wouldn't have seen. Clearly, would not have seen them in play in the flesh. Walsh and Ambrose. Uh, this kid, I mean, he's only going on on maybe some stuff he's able to dredge up now and some old footage and, and the stories that people might have told him. But, 
Um, I don't even know if he's met Kirtley Ambrose or Courtney yeah. Walsh. I certainly hope so. But you know, yeah. uh, he he's he, he's good. He's good. He's, he's a good young talent. But we'll we'll review it again after this test match because, as I said, Australia will have done their homework on him now, and I've, I would uh, be interested to see if they can get another five wicket bag this time around. Yeah, it has been a long time since the likes of Garner and Marshall were playing these. What about your recurring nightmares of facing them? Uh, are they still pretty common, Smithy? Well, you wouldn't <laughs> believe who I spent uh, two or three hours with yesterday afternoon, a fellow by the name of Ken Rutherford. <laughs> oh. If anyone oh. remembers if anyone oh. remembers the West Indies in 1985 um, in, a, in a, a scary light, it would be Ken Rutherford because he caught the brunt of them, of course, opening the batting, so... Uh, we talked very, very briefly uh, yesterday about the West Indies and moved on to other things like horse racing, like, like horse racing and, and, the, and the temperature of the beer, which is much more uh, to our liking today. But yeah, we we um, we often sort of just talk about the fact that playing against the West Indies these days might have been a little easier. <laughs> I'm surprised he hasn't sued New Zealand for psychological damage after that tour. Uh, I'm sure you probably <laughs> talked about the Cracker. I'm sure you could talked about the Cracker Millions, maybe with Rudds. Well, Rudds, of course, is working in the horse industry over here. He's um, he's the CEO of um, Queensland Trotting, really, at Albion Park. He's got a hundred and something meetings a year that he has to administer. So. You know, it, it pales into insignificance our our industry in that respect. But he's he's very busy. Just had the end of the minions, so um, he was taking a bit of downtime. I'm not not even sure if he said he's going to go to the cricket. But um, you know, it it is an interesting uh, time over over here for a lot of things. Really, I mean, you know, the, the tennis is on, so it's getting a lot of uh, attention and the, the rivalry amongst television channels. Channel Nine's got that. Channel Seven's got the big bash. Fox have got the big bash in the test matches. And I, I mean, it's just a constant battle. There's cricket coming in from India. Uh, I think India play Australia. Uh, India play England starting today, uh, and then of yes. course the cricket from New Zealand is shown over here as well. So I mean, you can't run from it. It's just everywhere. In uh, Smith is with us. Uh, big week for the for the Rutherford family. Before I move on, that Hamish. Only 34 young, 34 years young, retired from all forms of cricket. Otago's struggling to get talent. Gee, he's been a wonderful contributor to the, to the Southern franchise, isn't he? Remember uh, Hamish Rutherford on debut, magnificent 100 on debut, and um, we thought at that point, you know, anything could happen. Didn't quite kick on the way that um, he wanted to, or New Zealand cricket wanted to, but a real player, a great servant too, uh, to Otago cricket. I mean, and they need servants. Uh, and, and, you know, he, he probably at some stage could have gone elsewhere. I think he played some county cricket, uh, could have gone a bit further around the world, but he's, he's pretty loyal to the, to the Needham and to Otago cricket. And so, yeah, it's, an, it's interesting. Um, big call. I think he's got children now, so Ken's a, grand, um, a grandy. And, uh, yeah, so yeah, and I lost because, um, as you say, Otago, for some reason, find it very, a bit like the Highlanders, I guess, find it very, very hard mm. to attract uh, talent and maintain that talent once they've got it, and, and that is a shame. Uh, Smithy, you might have to whisper mm. this, but having now seen them a lot uh, over this summer, uh, on the back of a 2023 where they won the World Test Championship, 
How good's this current Australian side? I, I think you and I, last time we were on together, we waxed lyrical about that bowling attack. It is superb. Uh, sort of generational sort of level. To, you could plonk them in any generation, they'd perform well. But overall, 1 through 11, how do you judge this current Australian side? Oh, look, I, I think one of the greatest they've ever had. I think this bowling attack now is unique in that all four bowlers, and I'm talking at Nathan Lyon on top of the quick bowlers, all four I think have got now in excess of 250 test wickets as a unit. Uh, yeah, and you amazing. just don't have that. Yeah, I mean, injury, natural attrition, it, it, it takes away those sort of qualities. But in all honesty, they, they've got all the bases covered too. I mean, Mitchell Stark is by far the least accurate, but Mitchell Stark plays bowls those unplayable deliveries every now and then that, you know, batsmen are always wary of. He's got the in-swinging Yorker. He's got, you know, those, those ones that bend back in or go away across the right-hander. So he's a given. Um, they've also got, of course, at the other end, they've got a model of accuracy who has been unparalleled, really. We, we used to wax on about chats, and this guy's a um, hazel, what I'm talking about. It's probably a, a 10K quicker version of, of you and Chatfield. In other words, just landed yeah. on the same piece of handkerchief every single <laughs> time, and they can't do anything about it. I mean, you know, we, the chats, we used to say with metronomic, well, this guy's the same. That he just, Hazelwood is incredibly accurate. Incredible. And he's now starting to get a few, uh, a few wickets as a reward for his accuracy. Pat Cummins, they say, is perhaps the second best cricketer of all time in Australia, and that um, is irking a few Bradman fans, and it's irking a few Shane Warne fans, but uh, that, that, that's what they, how they revere Pat Cummins over here, particularly with his leadership wow. as well. Um, and then you've got Nathan Lyon, who, of course, they call the GOAT, because he is uh, the greatest offspinner they've ever produced. So there you go. I mean, um, take those four, and they always seem to be available and fit. They don't want to seem to give Scotty Boland, and he's not no fool either. They don't <laughs> want to give him a chance, or this young kid, Lance Morris, out of West Australia. Uh, they're lining up to play, but these blokes won't let them open. They won't open the door for them. That's the thing. And I, I, I don't know. I haven't officially heard. There's a bit of COVID flowing around the camp. Who's available and who's not? We'll find out a bit right. later this afternoon. But I would imagine um, they'll probably play the same team they played in Adelaide because they just love the opportunity to play. Uh, and they, they don't want to give another guy a chance. And it's, that's how competitive it is. And they're such a good bowling attack, especially in day-night cricket tests. I, I think they're, what, 10 and 0, 11 and 0, something of the, of the sort. Yeah. Um, you know, playing that attack in a day-night test, uh, arguably just not fair. Of course, Australia then come to New Zealand. Smithy, tomorrow, and it probably hasn't been front and centre of your thinking, uh, the Black Caps announced their squad for the Test Series against South Africa, which no doubt would be you know, virtually the same group that they'll take in to take on Australia. What most interests you as far as uh, potential selections, non-selections? What are you thinking? Oh, look, I'll be honest with you. I don't know what they'll go with. I mean, I'm pretty sure they'll probably uh, go with a... Henry Nichols at five again. Um, so, you know, that's been the great debate, hasn't it, in the last 12 months? But uh, I think Henry Nichols will get an opportunity at home. I don't see um, that changing. Um, Daryl Mitchell, of course, is a given. Williamson's injury is a big issue. If, if he's fit, fully fit, of course, he slots in at three. So you're, you're three, four, five, with, um, and, and Latham is an interesting one with, uh, uh, as well. 
whether um, I haven't heard officially, you can maybe inform me if Blundell's fit. Tom Blundell is fit. If Tom Blundell's fit, then he's a given as well. So batting kind of looks after itself, although they do need something out of Devin Conway. I noticed in, yeah. in the World Cup his form fell away uh, because he, he lost that beautiful foot movement that he had. He, he was fishing and pushing away outside off stump. So Devin Conway, I hope, has gone away and uh, the and the absence of cricket that he's been playing and worked on his technique. I hope he has because he's you know he's that good and that valuable to us. And then you then you get into your situations: do you play a spinner or not? And if you're going to who's, who's going to occupy that number seven spot? I tend to think against Australia and New Zealand will probably as they've done in the past go for a batting a batting type player who yep. who's almost an insurance policy, almost an insurance policy at number seven. And uh, then after that. And Matt Henry is, is a key for me. Um, I, I just hope that he gets through the, the series fully fit. Tim Saudi, obviously, he's down on pace as the skipper, so he has to be there. Then you've got your, you know, hopefully your, your Jamison factor. So, I mean, I think it's pretty much there, um, providing they're all fit and rearing to go. I think it's pretty much there. I don't see any left field stuff against these two uh, sides, South Africa albeit supposedly a weakened South African side, and Australia um, as, you know, the icing on the cake at the end of the season. So I think tried and true. I don't think you experiment against these kind of sides. I'd love to find a spot for Ravindra, and, and one of the unknowns to me is how good he would have been if they had picked him in the subcontinent and where his game would be at now instead of giving him basically a month off, you know, to lose that great form that he had. So that, that's one of the great unknowns to me. But I... Oh, look, I, 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 I kind of sense it. And the, the series against South Africa is a dangerous one for me because everyone's talking about how weak South Africa will be or exactly. are or how unknown they are. Um, and that puts more pressure on the Black Caps. It's as simple as that. that you know, that, that, that has made it harder and more demanding of the Black Caps to excel against this side because if we lose to or didn't play well against South Africa B, as it's been labelled, uh, it's not good. So, pressure on there. It, it's a lose-lose in a lot of ways, isn't it, Smith? I'll get you out on this thought. Uh, even if they do win, and we've we got to repeat this, the, the first Test Series victory against South Africa in our history, even if they do that, people are just going to, you know, the critics will go, ah, well, it's a B-side, it doesn't really matter. Yep, that's exactly right. Um, you know, people are saying it now. People are saying it over here. You know, the, the, uh, you know there's a lot of interest, actually, when South Africa... Uh, made that call to, to reduce their side to what they have because of their own T20 competition. Uh, and the reason why is because um, people over here love Test cricket and people over here love the future of Test cricket and the respect of Test cricket. So when even uh, South Africa announced a side that wasn't involving Australia, it hit the fan a wee bit over here uh, because they're very protective and they want the Test cricket to survive with all the best players being available. So... It did get reaction over here, so there's a lot of interest mm. in how the South African squad will go, uh, and always they have interest in us, and particularly with a, a series uh, lined up not too far down the track. So um, my understanding is that um, at this point anyway, I haven't heard of anyone, any defections. Australia looking like they're going to bring their very best side. They don't get that many opportunities, some of these guys um, in white ball cricket, the Kawajas and co, so... Uh, they are um, uh, raring to go over in New Zealand. And, of course, World, Te- World Test Championship points are up for grabs, so they dearly want to hold on to that. So uh, there's a lot of interest still um, in Austra- from Australia's point of view and what happens in New Zealand particularly uh, with what we've got coming up. 
I know you got a long day, Smithy, so we appreciate you getting up and joining us. Uh, thanks so much. Have a great call. Uh, enjoy the granola for breakfast, as always. Uh, and we'll catch up with you soon. <laughs> The granola with the poached eggs and bacon on top. You're on top, mate. You're on top. <laughs> Beautiful combination.